This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. I got my brother Quentin with me today, as always. And Q, I want to know, how many people do you think just dropped off? They heard that. They heard the <laughs> screaming in the beginning of that of our intro clip, and they said, I'm out. I can't do this. Guaranteed. Uh, well, you know, guaranteed we lost a you few. You know, dude. If, if they did, then this isn't for them, anyways. And I'm glad that they left. Yeah, okay, because this would be torture otherwise. Yeah. But I hope that we, if you did stick around and you're on the fence about bands that uh, that you know scream like that, maybe we'll turn you around on it. Now, with that being said, I don't seek this music out. I didn't listen to it. I don't either heavily, but. There was a time, Q, when this album was the shit, and that was back when we were in high school. And this is our our continued look at some of these bands that were were seminal. Seminal? Was that the word? They were- Seminal. Yeah. That were- That were- That were pivotal to us, to our our developing years, to our high school years, and- uh, this record, we were bound to do it eventually. And this this band is Emery. And the album is The Week's End. came out in 2004. That, of course, was the song Walls that played us in. If you, if you remember Emery from back in the day, you probably remember the music video for this song. It was nutty. Basically just looked like a bunch of <laughs> preppy college guys throwing their music gear around and screaming. Uh, yeah. Well, let me, let me say something about... about the the preppy look to these guys yeah uh so i'm trying to think it it must have been 2003 like it must have been the year that this came out that we discovered these guys you know so this was when i was first dipping my toes in the emo screamo world and i feel like i must have at the time associated this music with a certain type of look you know what i mean like i guess i don't know black fingernails super uh yeah the long straightened black hair and you know maybe even some eyeliner you know right like more and, like and the, the hair goth the look. hair you know usually covers at least one of the eyes right 
like a punk look yeah you know and i was not into that at the time so when i saw these dudes and we'll post a link to the music video in our show notes when i saw these guys looking you know like normal ass dudes with looking looking respectable yeah collared shirts like sweaters over the top uh some of them clean shaven and you know nice looking dudes i don't know that that may have been something that that also drew me yeah. into this to this band well they have they have an interesting dynamic to them you know and we'll 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 hear all that as we as we get going here but yeah they you know as i professed earlier it's not like i'm well versed in emo music you yeah, know i mean like i almost never really really gave it a, a shot a fair shot unless we're talking about bands like jimmy world right which we right. later learned fell under the the emo umbrella which i didn't realize at the i time. did yeah i didn't know that the jimmy eat world that that kind of music was considered emo i didn't realize that it was such a broad category but the, but it was more about the lyrics right know, like yeah the stories that were told that's what makes it emo yeah but but i always associated emo with more the kind of screaming that we just heard in that intro right um, yeah me too so yeah anyway that being said if you're somebody out there who's listening right now who's considers yourself a huge emo music fan, you're you might listen to this and be like, but yeah, this is this is like this is basic stuff. This is like this sounds like every other emo band. This sounds like generic emo, you know, you should really listen to this band or that band. Tell us what we uh tell us what we're missing out on, you know. Point us in the direction of a of a better a better emo band because honestly I just haven't haven't really dove into it that much aside from this record i don't think i go back and listen to any other bands from that era that really do the whole screaming thing you know yeah and travis when you showed me um what was that band that you showed me that with the album called repetitions oh yeah uh unwound yeah when you showed me them like it's kind of like how how you are when when you you hear a band that you really like you're always like all right more of that, please. If I can yeah, find more of that, exactly. I would love to hear it. If I could find, if someone could point me in the direction of another emo band that is in this vein, please do. Because yeah. I think we mentioned this last week. This album, The Week's End by Amory, is not an album that I just revisit simply for nostalgia. It is up there for me as, as one of my one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, and as we'll as we'll hear. It's mostly because of how effective they are at at the the emotion. I mean, I hate to use that word yeah. because it's an email <laughs> band. No, but but this is like a perfect example of that. And they they have a really interesting dynamic between the two main singers as well. There's a very yeah. clean clean vocals and very screamy more dirty vocals if you will bit more harsh vocals it's yeah. mostly the clean vocals that 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 dominate but yeah that's what makes it interesting because when when that guy does scream the way that he does i feel like it's more impactful because it's it's used sparingly right so right. anyway let's just let's yeah. go man let's let's get into it we're we're, we're doing nothing but tunes today man yes. no it's no his no history lessons no today. history lessons like we said these guys are on um Tooth and Nail Records, and we're going to spend some time with Tooth and Nail over the next couple yeah, weeks. Over the next, um, yeah, for next some reason, weeks. this is a record label that we spend a lot of time with. A lot of the bands that we listened to back in the day was Tooth and Nail. So, um, and this yeah. is just the first, very first stop on our bus tour of 
of Tooth and Nail. And we've been on the bus now for weeks, Q. Reminiscing yeah, uh, to music from our school days. And, and are we just, dude, are we just in the bus, like, doing donuts in the school parking lot? You know, like, no, no, are no. we, is there a destination? No, 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 dude. I said, we're making bus stops, dude. Every every band, <laughs> every album is a stop on the bus tour. And we, you know, when we get there, we, we, we get out and we fucking, depending on the band, you know. So when we get out on this, on this stop right here, Q, you're going to have your, your dopey haircut that you had. All right. All right. Dude, I if I can if I can remember the password to my MySpace page, maybe I'll share maybe I'll share a picture. I could definitely log into mine, Q. I still I still got. Oh, well, you don't have you don't have pictures of me on yours. No, but I could find your profile picture. You were looking respectable in high school. That's because I tried too hard, man. Yeah, yeah, you did. Let's just get real. I mean, I did too, but like, yeah. Uh, all right. Anyways, so let's just dive right into it. Uh, took us a while to land on three or four songs to play, you know, because I mean, if if we speed along quickly enough, this episode might be two hours long, you know, even if we keep up the pace, because I wanted I want to focus on the lyrics and all that stuff. And th- there's there's four. I feel like there's four songs we need to play. Three that we definitely have to play. Uh, and also, I think there's there's at least one that we have to play all the way through, right? Yeah. All right, well, let's just let's just pick one, dude. What what are we doing first? I mean, I mean, typically we like to go in order of the album. Yeah. So if we were to go in order, then I guess our very first pick cue is Ponytail Parades. The Ponytail Parades. The Ponytail Parades, track two. Um. And yeah, I think this is a good this is a good little intro to Emory. If you've never heard Emory before, beyond the the intro track that we just played, this will give you all you need to know. This has got all the all the all the main characteristics of a good Emory song. Uh, so yeah, this song is called "The Ponytail Parades."
All right, Q. So one of my favorite songs on the record, man. I mean, this is what this is all we're playing today. It's our favorites. Yes, yes, yes. It's a it's a great good stuff, man. So okay, here's what I wanted to talk but about. We, let's let's name off the roster real quick. Let's just, okay, you know, let's get some some names to who we're hearing. Okay, because there's actually three singers in the band, right? Yes, that's what you found out. Three singers, three guitar players. All right, so yeah, Q, we got Toby Morell is the primary vocalist. He's the lead. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. Devin Shelton is the primary vocalist that you hear primarily. <laughs> this is what I said. Primary. <laughs> uh, he's the main vocalist. So he's the he's the clean vocalist, right? He also plays guitar. And then you've got Toby Morell, lead and unclean vocals. And he also plays. Okay, so guitar. so so what they're saying there is Devin and Toby. If you hear. No, wait a second. But what I don't. So Toby, so Toby screams and sings nicely. Toby does both. And then you got Josh Head, who does nothing but scream. Well, I don't see where you see that. It just says lead and unclean vocal. I guess they're just saying lead vocals equals clean lead, vocals. Yeah. Well, then I, I bet so. you Toby's the main guy. Toby's. See, we, okay. that's the funny thing. We don't even fucking know. This is one of our favorite <laughs> records. And no, and but we that's didn't the take thing. The like, to, to release for the longest time, I thought there was only two singers. Clean that's and unclean. The, the fucking video for Walls, you know. Yeah, I think when you watch that, it looks it looks primarily like there's two singers. But anyway, right? Uh, you know what? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, my my yeah. I think what 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 makes this what makes this band so great is because these two lead singers actually do have vocals that are very similar. Their harmonies are great. Yeah, and here's the thing, and you didn't really get to hear that. In this in, in that clip that we played, but we're gonna play the next part of the song, and you're really gonna get to hear it. And like we said earlier, it's when they go between the clean and unclean vocals that they do they, yeah. they do a really great job with it. At least from my yeah. experience, not being much of an emo fan, I bet you there's bands. There are probably a dime a dozen out there that do I this. feel like that's the I, th- I feel like that's a huge like a, a lot of emo bands do that, right? But I've always yeah I I think what it comes down to. I just really like the clean vocalist, whichever one it yeah. is. I think he does a great job with his delivery. And then when you sprinkle in the screams, I think it, it, it's really effective. So let's, let's get a good, a good example of that. Now, hang on now. Now we got to name off the rest of the band, man. We got Matt Carter on lead guitar, Joel Green on bass and Seth Studley on drums. That's right. Seth Studley. Uh, yeah. So that's that's Emory. At least that's Emory at the time. I'm not sure what who's still in the band now. That was Emory in 2003 for the week's end. Um. All right. So let's hear some screaming, dude. Let's see what they can do with the rest of this song. Uh, do you want to read lyrics real quick before we do the next part? No. Nah, let's read the lyrics when we get back. Okay. Okay. All right. Here is the second half of the Ponytail Parades. I never thought that you could say these words. Is this really happening? I never thought that you could say these words. Is this really happening? I never thought that you could say these words. Is this really
my favorite moments in the in the album. Yeah, it's and a, there great, are a lot of great moments. Yes, in this album. yes. Now here's the thing, Q. Let's not beat around the bush here. Okay. Especially the beginning of that second clip there, when he mm-hmm. the the words are so fucking corny. But but uh, not, let's, just, let's just read him. Okay. Because it's <laughs> okay. not. Here's what I want to say. Okay, so the lyrics are, "I never thought you could say these words." Is this really happening? Don't say that we can't still be friends. I mean, okay, but that's let's read that a little bit differently. So here, here's how they did that, though. For the the rest of the song, it's two, like two thoughts going on at the same time. Sure. It's back and forth between those two singers, uh, and I like how it's the same words repeated. I never thought that you could say these words. Is this really happening? And then they slowly the guy who is singing on top of that, starts by just saying, don't say. And then he slowly drags out that sentence to where it ends with, don't say that we can still be friends over like the next yeah, yeah. few iterations of the repetition. Sure. But but I guess what I just, wanted to it, say, I feel like the lyrics, and even the way that the guy sings, which I admitted earlier that I like the way he sings, it almost sounds like an emo boy band. Now, I'm not attacking it necessarily i'm just saying that's what and, and that's what emo music is a lot of times it's it's it's, it's wearing very, your heart on your sleeve yes and that's what it's supposed to be and i feel like with, and being very upfront with with what you are feeling and this is clearly a breakup song and i think it's a breakup it's album a breakup album for the most yeah. part right so he's yeah. like he's saying you know like there's some lyrics i think up up up, up uh, above in the first verse uh yeah it doesn't feel right holding someone else's hand right i mean now let me tell you something q okay all right <laughs> i what? remember uh going through a, a tough breakup when i was me a young man too. i was about to bring this up <laughs> and dude. this kind this of stuff album can connect with you if you're a corny ass white dude like me yeah dude <laughs> This can especially connect. a teenager. Yes, when you thought that you were that you met the love of your life. Yeah, yeah, dude, you're gonna grab on at the week's end, and you're gonna scream these words, man. Yeah, and okay, where? Okay, here we go. Where, uh, where was that line, dude? It says here, holding. It doesn't feel right holding someone else's hand together on phone lines and living at two opposite ends. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. It scares me to think that you could find takers other than me. And better than me. Who hasn't had those thoughts in their mind? Let me tell you, man. Or at least if you're a dude. Now, listen listen here. There's probably some people listening that are like, are you guys the fucking biggest (laughs) fucking dopes? If you ever thought, if you thought these words to yourself, it's like, listen, dude. Hey, you know what? Some people are more, you know, emotional and get tied up in breakups, dude. Yes. And you know what? it's not like these lyrics are only for men. There's probably plenty of women that sure that that think this. But yeah, that probably goes through everybody's minds in a breakup. You're you're thinking and agonizing over the fact that this person that you that you loved is out there finding takers that are better than you. Yeah, and look, I always liked that line. Don't say that we can still be friends because I always thought of it like yeah. Like going like, ah, oh, don't you fucking, don't you dare say right that we could still be. What friends. I know you're gonna say, right, right, because that you know that because is such bullshit. a cop out. Yeah, and it's not true. We all know it's not true. Shut up. You know you're right. lying. To exactly. Me. Don't fucking. You don't want to be my fucking say friend. It. You just don't yeah. even say that. Right. We can still be friends. Don't say it. Yeah, because I don't want to hear it. Erase my name from this page. Yeah. Walk away from me. This night <laughs> is done. 
I love the way that the streamer right. does that shit. Anyway. Me too. So yeah, look, and that's the thing. We're putting it out on the table here. We understand and acknowledge this is cheesy shit. But they do it so well. They do it to where it, when you're listening to it, you're not thinking, man, this is cheesy. Yes. Like when you're listening to it, you read the, read the lyrics, it's cheesy. Yeah, I think when you're listening to it, it can be kind of corny and cheesy too. But what I'm saying is, think about who the audience is, right? And right. just just embrace the, the, the emotion that's getting put out there. Uh, dude, I say you buckle in for the ride, press play from track one, and just get into the vibes. Yes. We are suspending our fucking, our, our, our critical eye here for a little bit. Ear. I should say ear, not eye. There we go. All right. Well, hey, you know what, dude? Before we jump into the next song, let's take a quick break. Okay. Now that we've teed all that up, I think and I hope that this next song we play you're able to sort of embrace that because I think this is my favorite song on the, on the album, this next track that we're playing. And I think it has a moment at the end of it. And I think this might be the one that we, we play all the way through, maybe four minutes and seven okay. seconds. I mean, dude, technically we played ponytail all the way through. True. We just split it up, but that's fine. There's a moment at the end of this, uh, the song that, that gets me in the, in the feels every time. And it's, I mean, it choke like literally chokes you. Yes, up. and it's not yeah. for anything other than the delivery of the the line by the clean vocalist, whichever one of the two it is. He does it in such a way and conveys the emotion perfectly. And if you're if you have a soul or a heart, you should feel something at the end of this. If you don't, well, I hate to break it to you, but you're dead inside. <laughs> So this next track is called, by all accounts, Today Was a Disaster.
So, was that your voice cracking? Now, uh, clearing your throat there. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think I listened to the song enough enough times this last week leading up to this moment that uh, you, lo- you lost it. Huh? I'm, didn't, I'm didn't get you in the feels. This I'm time. numb to it. But it's that last few uh, agonizing exclamations from from the singer at the end, where he's just screaming the word "you" over and over again. Saying that uh, whoever this person, uh, and it turns out we're learning a lot about this song <laughs> based on this one man's interpretation of it. It could be something completely different than what I perhaps thought it was about. Yeah. So genius.com. Yeah, genius.com. People like to put their interpretations. Submit your own, yeah, interpretations yeah. Of, of lyrics. Um, and I know that this, uh, let's just, let's just open up the, the fucking Pandora's box right. here. Let's do it. Let's do this it. This band is a Christian band. Yes, Tooth and Nail is a Christian record. It's a label. Christian record label, but the the thing about it is, you, if you if it's you, not straight up worship. Yeah, it is bands. not worship music. If you're not paying attention, you wouldn't know because I had no yeah. idea that this the, yeah. the Emory was a Christian band. Tooth and Nail kind of makes sense. Sure, the words that the, the name sure. of the nail, but yeah. I didn't realize that this was a Christian band. So when you when you know that. You can maybe interpret the lyrics in a completely different way. He, I mean, he does say, "God help me," at the, you know mm-hmm. toward the end. But I mean, come on. But uh, yeah, so I, I don't know what this is about. This, especially the line right here: "These broken animals, useless as they are." Yeah, and then he just repeats that a couple of times. What is he talking about? Man is man the broken animal? Well, let's see what... So, here's one person's uh, interpretation. They say, The song is about trying to stay strong as Christian men, with all the sexual immorality that is around, and trying not to get roped into doing such acts. I mean, that's a toughie, dude. And, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we're all broken animals. Sure. But, I mean, I gotta say, man, if this song is like a... Is a abstinence preaching song fuck you know i don't know if i can (laughs) if i can get behind that (laughs) inside this vacant made-up plastic life only your heart survived for one last cry man who cares dude all right let's okay put put the lyrics aside it's about the the way that they approach there's a lot of great harmonizing right great harmonizing and I think that they really they do a great job with the coming in and out of uh, loud and soft, quiet parts. Right? They do that really, really well. Sure. Yeah, they do that a lot. Where where they have two singers and they're both singing different things simultaneously. Dude, why don't you play? Because this per- the part that I just talked about those lyrics, these broken animals, useless as yeah. they are. That part illustrates it perfectly. So if you don't mind, Q. Q that part up All again. Right, let me see if I can. Let me see if I can find it. Now again, Q. This could, people who are big fans of emo music might be like, "Yeah, no doy. This is what emo <laughs> bands do." But that's why I listen to this record. 
is because sometimes you just gotta you gotta embrace your inner angsty teenager and this is the record that i turn to there's nothing more satisfying than cranking this record up in the car just like i did when i was a teenager and just belting out the lines man and then who knew that it was about you know staying away from those (laughs) those ladies you know what maybe this person's wrong okay the internet that's true people are wrong on the internet um let's do let's reach out to the guys the emory guys emory boys (laughs) yeah Hey, what's this song about? Yeah, well, see, but that's the thing, dude. You might get some fucking verses tossed your way. That's fine. They at least will know. All right, Q. So, this very last track, I think we picked it for a good reason. This one might be my favorite on the record. Well, here's the thing. The other two songs, Ponytail Parades, maybe had a little bit of of energy to it. But I think this song, this song is where, where where you... you know, if if you're kind of dragging through some of these slower songs, the more emotional songs, when you get to this track, that's when the, the energy picks back up. Great guitar throughout the entire track. Really great moment. This this is a solid, solid track. So are we listening to it all the way through? We might as well, man. But that's the thing. Here and and here's what makes Emery Emery is they have so many different parts to their songs. That's why it's it's hard right. to not play an entire song. And here's what's funny, dude. I can I can just hear the emo fans going, that's what makes it an emo band. If that's what you're saying right now, then fine. Then, again, please point me towards more bands Give like this. Give your, us your emo, your emo picks, but just if you say Fallout Boy, I'm going to have issues with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's because of other reasons. Fall Out Boy, I associate with a very particular, very particular person, Q. That oh no, that I was uh, well, I was. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. No, are you talking about a person that you listened to this album over? No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. Okay, no, actually, I'm thinking of Taking Back Sunday. What you know what? Those mm. are, that's the same. Those are both the same to me. Well, here's why I don't like Fall Out Boy, because as soon as I think about it, all I hear is, load a gun, cock me, cock it, and pull it. <laughs> That's what everybody fucking hears. And it makes me hears. angry. And it makes me angry. Fall Out Boy, I just remember, I remember strongly disliking Fall Out Boy only because of the people I knew in high school that listened to them. I couldn't stand mm. those people. So mm. I was almost just like, it was like a false equivalency or something. Guess what, Travis? Those are the dudes that I was I know. hanging out with when I was dating I that one girl. You don't got to remind me, dude. I remember that shit. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm just not a big, not a big fan of Fall Out Boy. All right, let's play this track, dude. All right, so this song is called "Bloodless," and you're gonna want to crank it up. Let's do it.
that's a solid track cue. Classic Emery. Yeah, and I think that's the most metal that they get. The most they like lean in the direction of, of metal, you know, especially at the end there. Yeah. But yeah, I think especially that very last part where it's, again, it's the dynamic of the clean vocalist who's singing at a very slow tempo. And then yeah. uh, the the screaming guy in the background singing quicker and they're interweaving between each other. And it's interesting when you look at the way the lyrics are played out, it's not uh, delivered that way. The, the the screaming guy is done with his part well before – I mean, it's hard to explain without yeah. looking at the lyrics, but I think it's really <laughs> it's yeah. really interesting. Um, yeah. The way that, that they that they intertwine with one another. But that's what I've always liked about this band. Same. And uh, yeah, again, like we said earlier, like this band is all about all the different parts of a song. And they, to me, I think they do a, a very, very good job with with all those different parts and in the, in the interweaving of the parts and the back and forth between the loud and the quiet. And yeah. again, like, yeah, that's probably just a hallmark of, of emo music and, and I'm just a dummy. And that could very well be the case. But uh, so I did want to mention, because I'm always curious, like, what does... What what did the press have to say about this album? Really, the only good, the only good legit to me legit review that I saw was from punknews.org, and I've referenced them a few times on this on this podcast. But uh, here's what they said, and this is interesting. They need to decide whether they want to increase the tempo consistently and compose more intense without being artificial or pretentious orchestrations and then they put in parentheses thursday or piece together more intricate harmonious laid-back pop and then they put in parentheses hey mercedes which is a band that we talked about hey, a couple weeks back all right um so what basically the the conclusion of this guy is for the things that i just said how they go back and forth he's saying that they need to pick one or the other because he thinks that they are stuck in the middle ground and i think that's a pretty fair assessment sure i guess so because you can definitely hear the talent. And that's the thing. If you're the writer back in 2004 for a, a website called punknews.org. Punk, right. I was about to say, this guy knows his stuff. Yeah. I mean, and th- you know what that tells me is that, that back in this, at least back in 2004, emo bands probably fell into one or two camps. And he's saying, you guys need to pick which one you want to be in. Yeah. And I guess somebody who isn't a diehard fan of emo music like myself not knowing the normal quote unquote two tracks that an emo band might fall on. I look at this and I'm like, Hey, this is cool. I like how they go back and forth. I'm not, you know, influenced by the email landscape. Cause I'm not in it. Or at least I wasn't back in 2004. So the, his criticisms of it to me are, are what I like about it. I like that they toe the line between these two different like dynamics. I've always thought that's what made him great. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And that's and again, even even with that person's critique of it and, you know, if if that's a no-no, that's fine by me. I would still like to hear more like it, you know. If there's bands that do it that way, I want more of it. And cute, that's the thing. It's like, you know, maybe we I feel like we typically talk about bands that fall under umbrellas that we're pretty familiar with you know what i mean and like i think it's obvious that we're not or at least i'm not i'm not very familiar with emo music so again reach out to us 
if you have suggestions. You know what I mean? And maybe we'll yeah. name drop you totally. in the next episode. Because uh, I think, you know, this is probably the most emo that we're that we're going to get. Because our next band is has has a little bit more aggression, yeah, but also yeah. very poetic and, and fucking amazing. So I can't wait. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, too. we're talking about another Tooth and Nail band next week, and that's Me Without You. All right. Well, dude, I've got a hell of a what you heard for you, dude. I would like to go first. Okay, good, because mine is going to be way out from left field, and I can't wait. Way out there? Okay, yeah. well, these these ladies uh, kind of fit the mold here a little bit, kind of in the same vein of what we've been jamming to Okay, uh, recently. So, a uh, couple weeks back, I brought a song to the table by a Japanese group called Fishmans. Remember them? They kind of had like a, a Widest Boy Alive kind of vibe. Well, since then, Spotify has been sharing me more uh, Japanese bands, which is awesome. I'm really starting to, to get into this stuff, dude. There's a lot of great rock bands from Japan. Uh, so this is a th- four-piece uh, band by the name of Tricot, uh, or that's how it's stylized. I think it's so it's. I mean, it's Japanese script. Okay, uh, a lot of the the names, uh, a lot of the song names and their albums are in Japanese script. I don't know what it says. Um, it's four girls uh, out of Japan, and they are in the math rock. I love it. Math, I love it. Yeah, math rock vein. Really good stuff, dude. Um, I'm going to play a song from an album of theirs called The. Uh, This is an album from 2013. Uh, I'm going to play... I'm going to give you the track name because... Or the track number because I can't read Japanese script. I don't know what it says. Uh, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm going to play track eight. And, uh, dude, you're going to fucking love this stuff. You're going to fucking love it. All right. Again, this is a band called Tricot, and this is track eight from their 2013 album, The... That's the 
Yeah, man. Um, I love it. It's it's great, dude. The whole album is like that. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. There is a um. This was one of my watch errors. Actually, I think it was even one of my our recap of the decade at the end of last year, where we kind of brought. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the. I don't know if it was like of the decade, but we did a recap show where we said, "Here's our top five favorite discoveries from the last year." Yeah, and I brought a, a math rock band very similar to them called Toe T O E. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, and then I, you know when I discovered that band Toe uh, last year, I also stumbled upon a band called Elephant Gym that you should look up Q because they're also very similar. All right, um, I lo- I love this kind of stuff. I mean, we talked about. I think my my what you heard from last week was was Mercury program. So, you know, right. same di- yeah, di- so, different side of the coin but like same same flavor, you know, math rock, yeah. instrumental complicated tracks. All right, dude, what you been hearing lately? All right, man. So, where else are you going to hear emo? Some Japanese math rock and then some chip tunes. All on the same episode. You're going to hear it right here on No Filler. Only here on No Filler. So, (laughs) that was corny as shit. I still got some of that cheese from from the Emery song spilling out here. Anyway, I am am bringing a tune from one of my favorite chiptune artists of all time. I'm talking about Disaster Piece. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, when I think of chiptune music, I think of disaster yeah. piece. He, I feel like he's in a league of his own. I listened to quite a bit of video games. Wait a stuff. second. He was in that movie? Say what? He was in that movie? A league of their own. Oh, God damn it. Oh, my, oh my God. My apologies. You should apologize for that. I'm really sorry about that. So this guy, his name is Richard Vreeland. 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 But he goes by a disaster piece. And up until uh, recently, he's done a lot of video game stuff. Uh, in 2015, he did the score to the horror movie, It Follows. So if you're familiar with horror movies and you saw that movie, uh, then you're familiar with his music. But I went back and listened to some of his early, early stuff. So he's been doing this since around 2004, same time that 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 uh, Emery took the scene. And probably a little bit before that. So my first album of, their, of his that I heard, and I th- I believe I did a post on, on Nudust. Yes. Uh, for Rise of the Obsidian Interstellar. Yeah, honestly, Q, you might have been the one that introduced me to him uh, with that post that you yeah, did. Yeah, I, I, I want to say he... I don't know if he reached out to me or if... Are you serious? But I... I don't know if it was him. It was probably a PR. A PR well, either way, that's cool to him, know but... that that uh, our our introduction to him was actually through our because of our music blog that we ran back in the day. It absolutely was. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, anyway, um, if you go back a little bit further than that record cue, which came out in 2013, yeah, I didn't even know there was anything before that. Uh, there's a a record that he put out, which is kind of like a concept record called Eight Byte and the Warring Nations. It came out in 2006. It is a, the reason I call it a concept album, because it sounds like video game scores, as most chiptune music does, right? But it's not tied to an actual video game. It's kind of like this made up story that he came up with about these two warring nations, the Plaid Nation and the Argyle Nation. So here's his little write-up. He's got a little write-up here. He says here, in an age that is not our own, a young boy lives a life of peace amongst the brethren 
in quaint, neutral town. Little does he know that tragedy has already struck as he sleeps. Yada, yada, yada. And he says here, Beyond the gates of this humble life exists two mighty civilizations flying under opposite flags. They are dueling for the ultimate power, the means to emplace the order that they so choose. Eightbyte will have to make a decision. Will he choose Plaid or Argyle? What will you, uh, which will you choose? Press start. So there you go, Q. I like to paint pictures before I play my tunes, as you know. So this track here is really, really cool. Really well done. It's, you know, there's lots of 8-bit chiptune artists. They're a dime a dozen these days. But his compositions are exceptional. So we're going to listen to track number four. It's called Neutral Town Occupation, The Stealthy Midnight Getaway. Yeah, man, that's awesome. He's been doing that those kind of great tunes for that long. I love it. Yeah, um, very cinematic. Yes, but you know, I was gonna say, I feel like with eight bit chiptune, it speaks to our generation quite a bit, right? Especially yes, especially the generation before ours as well, because we were still pretty young. Like when we were playing, you know, Sega Genesis, that was really the only console that we owned where we heard this type of music all the time. Uh, we've talked about this. I mean, we did have... Spencer, our older brother, had a, a Super Nintendo. Yeah, I feel like it wasn't in our house for very long, though. Like, we didn't we didn't own it well into our our youth, you know? Yeah. But... Because once we got that N64, I mean, that was that was it for me. And then, we, and then the Xbox came after that. But anyway, um, yeah, and we talked about this quite a bit on our Calm Trues episode. If you want to go back and listen to that. Uh, we talk about uh, nostalgia... And hypnagogic pop, if I can say that word again oh, on this podcast. Don't you dare say that again. But, uh, you know, that's what I connect to this music 
you know, that's why I connect to it because it, it takes me back to, to childhood. And honestly, I mean, that's a fucking killer track, man. You know? Yeah. I mean, great. let's forget about the fact that it, it it's it's a chiptune song and maybe some people don't like that kind of thing. But if you listen to the composition, uh, it's a, that's a great track, you know? And that whole album is kind of like that. It, it's really, really well done. Like I said, very cinematic. Um, so anyway, uh, that was Disaster Piece. Uh, that was a record that he put out in 2006 called Eight Bite and the Warring Nations. All right, Q. Where can you hear all of these songs, Q? Or, or what you heard? So where can you hear them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we got a little Spotify playlist that we just put together. Um, if you can figure out how to spell whatcha, you'll find it. Uh, and <laughs> That's the reward you get. Right now, right now we're sitting at... Man, I don't know why my browser version of spotify does not update let me tell you the, let me tell you i'll, I'll give long, you the count yeah how, how long is this playlist brother this playlist is eight hours and 33 minutes long it's currently sits at 118 tracks and as you just heard from our two tracks that we brought today it is a very wide-ranging collection of songs so uh you don't necessarily have to push shuffle because it's pretty shuffle to begin with as far as genres and whatnot but it never hurts to to push shuffle on something, right? You'll hear something new, uh, a new order every time you listen. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've I've played it a few times. You know, I've, I've hit shuffle on it a few times. I mean, there's just there's hundreds of songs on here. Well, I mean, maybe not hundreds, but hundred at least over a hundred. Well, now there's a hundred and twenty. I just saw you add these two these two tracks just popped yeah. up right in front of my face here, Q. So you're on top of it. No, but last time I shuffled through it, it it's kind of crazy how how often it does flow really well like even with genres from one to the other because you know a lot of the music we listen to is pretty similar for the most part and a lot of times that's what we've been heard you know <laughs> so a lot of time a lot of times it is a pretty great flowing playlist um other times it's random as fuck Key, let me ask you something because i know you're like me and you have you have a bunch of you have a lot of playlists that you have on Spotify, right? Yeah. That you that you personally make, right? Correct. Have you ever, you know, for some of these longer playlists that I have, like I've got some some that I've been adding to for years, and I'll I always listen on shuffle. Like you just said, sometimes the order of a shuffled playlist is so good. Have you ever gone back and been like, "What was the order?" Because I got to bring these over into a separate playlist so I can listen to these songs in that exact order again. I I do that often, yeah. That's 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 the sign of a, a true music lover. I hope, Q. I like <laughs> yeah. to consider myself that. Yep, that happens often, man. I do that a, uh, quite often. Yeah, and that might just be habits from from our music blog days where we used to put together uh, mixtapes. But um, those days are long gone, Q. Now all we got is this playlist. This is all we got left. Oh, and this lovely podcast and brother. this podcast. Now, where can you find the podcast, Travis? Uh, you can find us on our website nofillerpodcast.com and man Q I'm just so excited that you're learning how to code that's a segue yeah, we'll just throw that out there but one of these days you'll be able to update the website without me having to do it all the fucking time so that's nofillerpodcast.com you will find all of our previous episodes and show notes for each episode which include track lists so every song you hear on the episode will be listed out that includes what you heard intro songs outro songs and we will also list out any any sources that we cited or 
even if we didn't cite them explicitly on the episode, any any uh, articles that we read or interviews that we watched, or in this case, like Quentin was saying, if I find a picture of Quentin's corny ass from high school, I'm going to put it on this particular episode's oh, page. God, I forgot about um, that. And then I think we said we were going to put the the music video for for Walls uh, for perhaps the one single on this record. We'll put that on there just so you can see these guys jumping around with their their preppy college clothes on, screaming and hollering, hopping and squirming. And you can also, of course, find us on our podcast network that we are a part of. That's pantheonpodcast.com. And there you can find a ton of other great music podcasts. Anything from a podcast dedicated to KISS to a podcast that's about hip-hop. We got the rad... What is it called? The the dad? Dad bod rap pod. Dad bod rap pod. Those guys just joined the network a few weeks ago, a few months ago. I don't remember. I've lost all track of time since the pandemic started. Uh, but yeah, check that out. That's uh, pantheonpodcast.com. And that's that, Q. Next week, we're going to listen to another emo, post-hardcore Christian band. Who would have thought, Q, that we would be talking about Christian bands but like you said christian bands but not necessarily christian music no filler podcast.com is where you can find us so hey we're gonna fade out with the last few minutes of walls because it ends really awesomely nice uh yeah so that's gonna do it for us today thank you as always for listening my name is quentin my name is travis y'all take care achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom is dead. My mom is right there. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. 
Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.